Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to deal with the NHL going places it hasn't before. We're, of course, going to award the Dolt of the Week, put a champion's personified edition of Upon Further Review under review. And, of course, we're going to talk about someone making a lot of money. And it's not Mayweather. But for right now, let's get to the headlines. Dateline New York City. The Wall Street Journal reported that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed received a settlement from the NFL in last month's collusion case, but the amount was less than $10 million. Now, that is what the Wall Street Journal reported. I have four questions about that. And it's just a simple four questions. One, who sang? And what I mean by who sang, I mean who talked. Because there's a confidentiality agreement that's in place. Who sang? Two, the NFL paid money. Whether it's $1, whether it's $1 million, whether it's $1 billion, they paid money. Meaning that there was something to hide, in my opinion. Three, the NFL lost the case because normally the NFL is all dug in trenches. And if they say that there is something they did not do, they would fight until past the verdict of not guilty in order to prove their point and crush their opponent. Because that's just how the NFL rolls when it comes to legality issues. And number four, so what? So what if cabinet got 10 million so what if he got 80 million big deal in this instance it doesn't really matter what does matter is the nfl paid colin kaepernick something and because of that payment is an admission of guilt so i don't throw hats up in either direction in cabinet got money or the nfl paid a minuscule amount i i don't care it sounds like that there was a case that was made and Kaepernick didn't see it through, but there was some merit to it. And that's really all that should concern us with this case. Dateline Toronto. So the Flyers get to open the regular season overseas. Yes, the NHL will begin the 2020 season over in Europe. In fact, they're going to be playing in the Czech Republic. Czech Republic native Jacob Voracek had this to say about playing in his home country. Quote, I'm not going to lie to you. It would be great. Obviously, to play an NHL game in your home country, it'd be awesome. Close quote. Now, they play the Blackhawks on October the 4th. Now, the NHL also announced that there's going to be another matchup between the Sabres and the Lightning that will take place in Stockholm the following month. And that will be a part of their new series called the Global Series. Now, this is the third year that they're doing this. And the beauty about this is it's going to be a two-day deal where not only will you have those two teams play, but you'll have Swedes play in that game. The NHL is looking for new ways to expand, and I think this is a good way to do it, considering that they have a host of European players now in the NHL. I have to admit, this is a home run all the way around. I'm sorry. 
This is a power play goal. I forgot the audience of which I'm speaking. <laughs> well, speaking of all things NHL, there's another announcement that they made. Dateline Dallas. So the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators will play. Now, you're probably saying, well, they're Western Conference rivals. I mean, what's the big deal? Aha. The big deal is those two teams will play in the next Winter Classic. Now, you're probably saying, well, okay, well, Nashville and Dallas, they probably play in Nashville. I mean, it can get pretty cold in in, in Nashville. Yeah, it makes sense. And they have a stadium that's big for it, you know, Nissan Stadium. Yeah. No. No, this is going to be played not in Jerry World, but in the Cotton Bowl. The commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bedman, had this to say about the landmark announcement. Quote, over the last three decades, we have brought hockey to places that no one ever dreamed we take this game. Dallas and, for that matter, Nashville are quintessential examples of the hockey boom. Close quote. And Commissioner Bedman's right. Just judging by how things have been in Nashville when they had their Stanley Cup run two years back, it was something to behold. And the Metroplex took to the stars as soon as they got there. So, yeah, right move, right two teams. That's your next Winter Classic. Two teams that are from the traditional South. And now the Cotton Bowl can say that they've hosted yet another historic event in that building's history. Dateline Oakland. The ever-evolving odyssey that is the Oakland slash Las Vegas slash Nevada slash California slash whatever you want to place them and wherever you want to place them. Raiders has taken yet another turn. They signed an agreement to stay in the same building that they have been since 1995 and traditionally ever since 1966 when they will play their next set of home games in the Oakland Alameda County Stadium. Yes, the 50-plus-year-old stadium. That is where the Raiders will play their home games for the 2019 season. And they have, or at least they hold, the rights to do it again in 2020 should that stadium, the 65,000-seat stadium in Las Vegas, not be ready by their proposed date of August 4th of next year. Mind you, that date was pushed back a week to that date because it was supposed to be ready on July 28th. And supposedly there are some construction delays that are holding it up. Some steel that was supposed to be delivered had not gotten there. I tell you, this whole thing is so Raiders-like, it's not even funny. I mean, here's a team that is supposed to celebrate the fact that they got the best wide receiver in the game in Antonio Brown. And they signed a guy who pretty much fits the Raiders' credo in Fontes Perfect, but they don't know where they're going to really play because that's in the air. So Raiders-like. So Raiders-like. Just win, baby? No. Just find a home, baby. Dateline Dallas. Again. Dirk Nowitzki becomes the next man that has passed Will Chamberlain on the all-time scoring list. Now he is sixth 
as he now has 31,424 points in his career. Now, it, of course, was achieved by the simple and patented 20-footer that he normally has had in his game his entire career. And it's funny that you compare the two. One is 7-foot, the other is 7-1. And their games could not have been more dissimilar. But it's a wonderful achievement that Dirk has made. And I will say this on record. Dirk Nowitzki is one of my favorite players in NBA history for many different reasons. Uh, One of them is he's a huge hip-hop fan. Uh, the other is he was a big and one fan when it was huge and popular. And three, he he's a really good, warm-hearted person who just so happens to be one of the greatest NBA players in the history of the game. And to be probably the best European who's ever played. I can't say foreign-born because we got players like Hakeem that was overseas. But I can't think of another European who played the game better than Dirk Nowitzki. Can't do it. Not going to try. Tune into one of the future Cold Sports episodes next month. I'm going to talk about the legacy that is Dirk Nowitzki in detail because that man deserves to have his place on the throne. Thank you, Dirk. You're going to hear more about Dirk from this guy. Dateline Tokyo. From one future Hall of Famer in one sport to another future Hall of Famer in another. Ichiro Suzuki, who just knows what to do with the bat, and I still say it in in positive present tense, played his last game overseas as the Mariners played the Athletics. The final score was unimportant. Yes, it's a regular season game, and of course it matters to both the Mariners and the A's, but in the grander scheme of things, the final score really didn't matter. What did matter was seeing a guy who put forth a stellar Major League Baseball career get a send-off the way he did in the place that he calls home. So after a ground out that he almost beat out in the top of the eighth, he came out and took the right field position in the bottom of the eighth. And then manager Scott Service pulled him. Class move by by the manager because Suzuki got a chance to Soak in all of the cheers, all of the chants, and all of the goodwill and adulation that is deserved him as he walked three minutes from right field to the dugout. You live for moments like this as a sports fan. You want to see those who achieve things that very few have done to get recognized like this. So kudos to the Tokyo crowd for giving Ichiro props and kudos to Scott Service for allowing the props to be given to one of the greatest hitters who's ever graced the sport of baseball, no matter if it's Major League Baseball or baseball anywhere around the world. Dateline Boston and Jupiter. It looks like Robert Kraft can get away with solicitation. There was a deal that can be struck, and here's the deal. The charge of Solicitation can be wiped off the books if Kraft can admit that he was guilty before a trial is ever going to take place. Well, after this news hit, Kraft said, no, no, I'm not going to take that deal because I am innocent. (laughs) Now, you remember when I did the parody and talked about the story beforehand that I said that 
Kraft was going to find a way to get out of this. And he is. I, I just can't see any way and I can't see clear in any way, shape, form or fashion as to how he is going to receive any type of punishment for this. Can't see it, won't see it. And I think people are going to laugh themselves silly and, and of course, cry foul and, and, and say Patriots are cheaters yet again because the quarterback cheats, the head coach cheats, and now the, the owner cheats. Of course, they can't really use that because he's a widower. But they probably say he cheats the legal system. I think people have to understand, I keep telling you all this, justice is not blind. Justice doesn't see brown or black or white or red or yellow. No, justice sees green. Yes, if you have the money, you can get that honey paved your way out of any legal trouble. We can have these charges stick to Robert Kraft, but many of you are going to be sorely mistaken and sadly and sadly disappointed. And the fact that he's not going to receive any jail time. Now, he may receive a slap on the wrist from the NFL, but that's all he's going to receive, a slap on the wrist. So if you're going to see any type of long-term suspensions like a year, don't hold your breath. Like I said, you may see four games. You may even see less than that. But be happy you'll see that because you might not see anything at all. Later, we're going to go onto the links. You'll understand why. We're going to award a champion, one that has come from a redemption standpoint, but immediately following the break, the richest fish in the world. I'm about to go On the next episode of That Was Then, Muhammad Ali in one corner, Joe Frazier in the other corner, two heavyweights undefeated, clashing for the very first time. Cold Sports delves back in time to the fight of the century. That was then for March 2019 uncovers that fight before, during, and after the March 8th, 1971 encounter between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. March 2019's That Was Then episode is the fight of the century. Tune in on Cold Sports with the Z.com Sponsored by Patreon. Thank you, VIP.
This is a great day for Southern Californians. All right, so a little bit of inside baseball. <laughs> I work with a wonderful company, and the director of my division is a huge Angels fan. And I wondered why, even in the grueling day that she had, why she had this wide smile on her face. And I understood it. Because when this news came, it would brighten anybody up who was supporting this particular team. Now, what team is my director's favorite of all? (laughs) And what player made her have this bright smile, even in a long, grueling day's work? (laughs) Well, that's where I'm about to go! person who manned center field for the California Anaheim Los Angeles Los Angeles of Anaheim Angels Mike Trout a happy happy man and why would he be that well you would be a happy happy man too if your team or your organization or your company were to award you a 12 year Four hundred twenty-six and one half million dollar contract. That is what Trout received, and I have to say it's well deserved. And why do I say that? There are two players on Major League Baseball rosters right now that, in my opinion, commands great attention. The one that signed a contract that was not quite as rich, <laughs> but almost. And Bryce Harper is one of them. He now is a Philly, and he signed a 13-year, $330 million contract not too long ago. And the man who plays in Orange County is the other. Now, get how the contract lays out. So just by signing the contract, this May, he gets a $20 million signing bonus. Just for signing Mike Trout on the contract, he gets $20 million. And they'll break down the salary of 16 more million throughout the course of this year. He gets 36 million next year. And then starting in 2021, he'll get paid close to 35 and a half million from then until the time the contract's over. Unlike Bryce Harper, Trout does have a no trade clause. And that basically means that if a trade possibility were to come and exist and happen, Trout has the right of refusal. He gets his own suite on road trips. And there's other things that I could talk about with this deal, but just those perks alone makes it mind boggling. And if you want to know Trout's mindset about this whole thing, that now he is tied with the Angels until the 2030 season, this is what he had to say about it. Quote, this is where I wanted to be all along. I have enjoyed my time as an Angel and look forward to representing the organization, my teammates, and our fans for years to come. Close quote. Uh, Well, I would too if I were to be paid that much money. But I'll, I'll say it this way, though. He's gotten compared to his teammate, Albert Pujols, in his ascent to being one of the faces of the Angels. He's been compared to Pujols because he also is a five-tool player. And what do I mean by five-tool? 
hit for average, hit for power, have speed, have a glove, and have an arm. That is what it means to be a 5-2 player. And Trot has all those in spades. So you're paying this guy this much because, well, it looks like that's the going rate. And now he's the benchmark. So the Angels organization must have thought that this is the benchmark player in the game. And now he's solidified being the benchmark player in the game. I don't see in the foreseeable future any other team that will put forth that type of investment toward a player. I, I just don't see it. I want to see it. I just won't see it. Not not for a while. And this is why I say to you all, the NFL is good. In fact, that's my still my favorite sport to watch. But monetarily, the owners have the players over a barrel. The NHL, good action to watch. But they're still recovering from when they were almost bleeding red to the point where they were about to shut down the whole league. They've just bounced back from that. Then there's the NBA where they have a powerful union. And you see it reflected now more and more each year. I mean, when you can have players like Mike Conley sign five-year, $150 million contracts, then you know the wealth of the league and the power of the players. But the money is longest with baseball. It is longest with Major League Baseball. It has been for a while. It now is becoming even more ridiculously so. The money is longest with playing baseball. That's why I scratched my head with Kyler Murray, who says that he wants to play football, yet baseball would give him the more set-for-life type of situation. And I get it with most folks. Baseball is boring. It's it's not the sport that you want to play. And on top of that, unlike, somewhat unlike the NHL, definitely unlike the NFL and the NBA, there's a minor league system in Major League Baseball. So you don't necessarily get the chance to, if you sign on a dotted line with the team, get to play with them from the time you sign on a dotted line till the next opening day. That's not guaranteed. M- Almost everybody has to work their way up in the farm system of the of the prospective teams. So you don't get the spotlight quickly. You don't get the limelight quickly. You go through podunk towns and you travel and you get to, well, like many actors and singers will tell you, you pay your dues in doing things that are far away from the big big time spotlight and far under what you think your talent can provide, but it gives you a chance to hone and shape you as a person, as a talent, and as a player. Well, since more and more people are into the instant gratification aspect of life, waiting probably at the least two or three years before you get a chance to sniff a Major League Baseball roster, that's not an appealing thing. Haha, but when you get a contract like the one that Mike Trout signed, the struggle is worth it. The struggle is worth it. When you get a chance to hone your craft and you can play 162 games a year at least, and you could get paid $35 million a year for it, that man is set until almost 40 when he gets paid. And if he invests his money right, he, his children, and his children's children are set because Trout now can can build wealth. He can begin to build wealth in his life and his legacy. That's what it's about. That is an end game where he could say, oh, check and mate. Now look around. Can you get a contract where a guy is going to sign for $35 million a year? The only contract in any other sport that has come close outside of 
Major League Baseball is the one that Michael Jordan signed, which was, if I'm not mistaken, two years and it was like $33 million a year. And the one that LeBron James signed, because I think his is about that, that neighborhood, 35 or $36 million a year. NBA is coming close, coming close. But you notice the length of those deals are not 10 or more years than like four or five. The money is not quite as long, not quite as long in the NBA as it is in Major League Baseball. So I have nothing but props to say uh, uh, toward Mike Trout, man. I'm glad that you got your money. I'm glad you got paid. Congratulations, man. You are deserving of it. I've heard nothing but good things about you. And when I see you play, you play with the mentality of I got to have fun. I want to compete and I want everybody to win. And when you see someone who has that mentality, you want them desperately to win, even if you root for another team. And I root for one of the divisional rivals of the Angels in the Astros. I still want to see Trout win. I still want to see him succeed. Not as much, of course, against my Astros, but I want to see him succeed. Because you want to see good people do well. Mike is a good person, and I want to see him earn every bit of that contract that he got. Now, is he capable of still being that player at age 35, 6, 7, 8? Probably not. Probably not. But who cares? Who cares if he can if he can sustain success, ultimate success in a way that is beneficial to the whole entire sport? That's all that matters. So if you get a chance to see Mike Trout in person, congratulate him. You get a chance to see him on the field, enjoy it because you're going to see a treat. Because you're going to be looking at a player who does not take it for granted, who loves every single second he's out there on the field, whether it's on the outfield or at the plate. And we as sports fans are much better for it. So congratulations, Mike. I'm glad that you got broken off your cheddar. Is next. Come on, you're listening to the classiest sports show on the planet. Cole Sports! From the vault. A look back at a key moment in sports history. March 23rd, 1994. The Great Western Forum was the place. Inglewood, California is the city. The venue has held many championship winning moments for the Los Angeles Lakers. However, this achievement was not made by a Laker. It was made by a king. Wayne Gretzky skated on the ice and put forth this goal.
Gretzky to this day is still the NHL's all-time leading scorer with 894 goals. And in total, Gretzky has broken more than 60 records in his NHL career. Wayne Gretzky becomes the all-time leading scorer passing Bobby Orr on this date in 1994. From the Vault, brought to you by Goal by nobody but we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser the winner of this episode's dolt of the week is PGA golfer Robert Garrigus I know you're saying who? And you're probably saying again after that. Who? Well, Garrigus is on the tour. 41. He's okay. I mean, he's not the greatest golfer in the world. But if you're on the tour, you must not be doing bad. Well, this man is the first PGA Tour player to do something special. Now... When you do a first in anything, if you are a pioneer in something, you take that with a source of pride. Unfortunately, when it is a nefarious thing, you really can't take pride in it. Gregarious becomes the first PGA Tour player to be suspended for using a drug of abuse. That's how the PGA phrased it. The PGA Tour does have an anti-doping program, and Garrigus passed, well, I guess they passed in terms of he was positive for it, or he failed in the fact that he is under the influence in that regard. So Garrigus did type this statement, and he put forth it, either coerced or not, <laughs> but he did say this about his status. Quote. First, I want to apologize to my family, my sponsors, my fellow competitors, and the PGA Tour for my actions. Second, I would like to apologize to my fans, 
many who have supported me throughout my career as I shared my story of overcoming addiction and achieving my dream of playing on the PGA Tour. I sincerely apologize and hope I can make it up to all of you through my future actions. After a long period of sobriety, I had a relapse and subsequently failed a drug test for marijuana. A drug that, though legal in many states, is not permitted under the PGA Tour's anti-doping rules. I mentioned that it's legal in many states, not as an excuse, but as a word of warning to my people, but as a word of warning to many people who use or try marijuana. Legal doesn't mean it is an addictive and legal doesn't mean there aren't potentially severe consequences if you use it. I will use this time away from golf to be with my family and work on regaining my sobriety. It doesn't matter if you're one day, one week, or nine years clean. One misstep, one lapse of judgment can impact your life in monumental fashion. As I've said over the years, I am grateful for and inspired by those who have shared how my story has helped them gain a clean lifestyle. I hope this new chapter in my life will now show people to never relax in their battle with addiction. Close quote. The first thought I have is, did you hear that, David Irving? Did you hear that? Because that you needed to hear. Why, son? Because you can say that it should be legal. But if you are playing under a body that says you can't do it, you can't partake. You see, this man gets it. Mr. Garrigus gets it. So, yeah, I can clown him for rolling up doobies and just just blazing up. But I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm putting him in this slot and in this spot to show you that sometimes being adult means, you know what? I did something wrong and I'm owning up to it. There's times I'm adult. I mean, I mean, there's times we all are. There's times in life where we do things where it's like, oh, why did I do this? Garricus did that. Garricus had, had one of those moments where he's like, why did I do this? But he didn't offer any excuses. He said, you know, I failed the test and, and I have a history of addiction. Now, am I giving up a pass because of it? No, not giving a pass whatsoever. You know that you can't take part of any substance. You should put the weed down, period. Put the weed down. If you cannot partake of it, put it down, period. And if you have an addiction to it, don't put yourself in situations where you can be addicted again. Do everything you can to safeguard yourself from putting yourself in those positions later in life. Now, I've been blessed with not being addicted to anything. The only thing that I can come close to, and it doesn't even compare, is obscenities. Now, you have heard me do this show for over three years. The next piece of obscenity that I will say will be the first. And it is not because I do a show. It's because I live a life where I do not swear. I do not curse. I don't, I don't have the itch, no desire, nor the inclination to say anything profane. I, I, I just don't. Or say anything of, vul- of vulgar nature. I just don't have it. It's just not in me. So I try to do my best to put myself in situations where I don't get tempted to say those types of words. Now, as I said, cursing doesn't even come close to addiction. But as I said, that's the closest that I can come to it because I've never been addicted to anything. Now, my father would say that I was addicted to sodas, but I'm like, not like anyone else hasn't. And you know, since then, I put down sodas and I drink water and I see sometimes, but mostly water. 
you try to put yourself in situations where you don't get back to that place again. And in Garrick's position, he put himself in positions to where he would be addicted to something that he shouldn't touch. I'm glad he owned up to it. I'm so sorry, though. He's on this list, though, because he did not take care of business before it got to that point. Garrick knows. He knows it better than any of us could ever express it. And he knows it better than any of us can ever say. You don't touch the stuff if your system disallows you to use it. Don't fool with the junk. Put it down, period. Put it down. It doesn't serve you or anybody around you any good to smoke in your case. But I'm proud of you for owning up to the fact that, well, yeah, it's legal in certain states. But under the PGA rules, I can't indulge. That part, I want other athletes to see. I want other athletes to see that. And not excuse themselves because the competition's greater. Or the competition's stiffer. Or I use this for for medicinal purposes. When you smoke because you want to just blaze up. Which that's not for medicinal purposes. That's for recreational ones. So yes, Kudos to you, Mr. Garrigus, for saying that you have a problem and that you had a period of sobriety only for a relapse to happen. But make sure that you put yourself in situations where you don't relapse again. And if you need pointers, look in the direction of one John Daly. He's addicted to alcohol. We just love the fact that you were doing something that almost all of us would love to do and you get paid a ton of money to do it. Just don't ruin it by something that you know is going to cause harm to you, your family, and whatever occupation which you ply your trade. Just know that. When I come back, the Brooklyn Nets, led by D'Angelo Russell. Upon further review, Champions Personified Edition is next. stage and we may know even further who is in the elite eight we're of course we're going to round third and come home as baseball begins and basketball and hockey almost end plus you never know what's going to turn up in nfl free agency you may have other moves like clay matthews signing with the rams 
And of course, we're going to have it upon further view and Dota of the Week. And tune in also next week. Cold Sports will have That Was Then. I think you're going to love what That Was Then is about next week on ColdSports.com. Come and join us. But that's for next week, for this week, for today, for this episode, right? Chill. Sometimes you have to give redemptive props where it's due. And that's what we're going to do right now in upon further review. Without further ado, Cole Sports proudly presents to you Champions So we head out west to Sacramento as the Nets endure a long road trip. They play the Kings earlier this week, and they were down 28 points in the second half. Coach Kenny Atkinson basically said, ah, I just need to have a spark. And if it's going to come, it's going to come for the bench. So I'll pull most of the starters. So every other starter was on the bench, save for one. And that was Mr. D'Angelo Russell. He took that team and elevated them to a 123-121 victory this past Tuesday with scoring 27 of his career-high 44 points in the fourth quarter. Atkinson had this to say about that game. Quote, We were at our wit's end. It was kind of desperation. It was a little bit like, let's conserve our main guys and kind of play it out. I wasn't expecting an amazing comeback. I just have to be honest. And then slowly but surely, we started cutting the lead. Close quote. Now, the reason why I have to put a Champions Personified accreditation on this segment is because of the guy who now is the unquestioned leader of the team. You see, because the aforementioned D'Angelo Russell was the guy who secretly videotaped a conversation between him and former teammate Nick Young. As many of you know, he's called Swaggy P. And it caused some it caused some chemistry and trust issues between him and his teammates. And of course, he got subsequently traded. The funny thing is now you're hearing a lot of Lakers fans saying, man, the Lakers made a huge mistake in getting rid of Russell. Man, they should have kept him. And they're saying it only because Russell actually is having some good games not thinking of the reason originally why he was let go it was more along the lines of he has talent over he ruined chemistry (laughs) and i think that's what's missing people not understanding well uh, well chemistry was was tainted how 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 is it possible that a guy who secretly videotaped a conversation that it definitely wasn't meant to go public how can you trust this guy How can the front office trust if they say something that they say this does not go beyond the four walls of this of this complex and they know in the back of their mind? Well, (laughs) this this young guy, our point guard, well, he has loose lips. 
if the front office is thinking that, then what makes you think the players aren't thinking it? So when I hear the man, the Lakers should have kept Russell. They traded him too soon. They traded him. They traded him and had the nerve to have Lonzo. There's just certain things that needs to happen. And D'Angelo understood it. And he actually has said he's been put on record in saying that the trade was the best thing that ever happened to him. You know why that's the case? It was because he realized, oh, my gosh, I had a golden situation. I was in a I was in an organization that really was was for me and I screwed it up. I screwed it up. And because I'm on another team, I screwed that up. I've been in that situation, not as a player, but I mean, in life, I've been in that situation. I'm sure there's many of you that have been in that situation. And so since he know, since he knew he screwed that opportunity up, he got the next opportunity, which is now being the point guard of the of the Nets. And he's making the most of it. And now they're battling for a playoff seed because it looks like they're going to be playoff bound. And I think what makes this story even more interesting is that in this West Coast road trip, they went down to L.A. and Russell played against his former team, the Lakers. And this was, of course, the team that supposedly was going to be in the playoffs this year. I thought they would be because I thought it was going to be basically where the Nets are in the East. I thought they were going to be a seven or eight seed. Just eke their way in and get blasted by the Rockets or the the Warriors or whichever big wig team was going to be at the top of the Western Conference in the first round. Well, the Lakers won't even get that chance. And thanks to the Nets, they eliminated the Lakers Friday night. So I guess you could say it's it, it was not even bittersweet for Russell. It probably was sweet for him. Not necessarily to get back at the team, but probably to show them, thank you for the opportunity. I'm here to show you that I have grown. And you can see his game has grown. I mean, now he's averaging 20 points a game. Basically putting forth the stat line he did back in Ohio State. And I think the stat line is like 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. So he's getting the flow of being an NBA player. He's also getting into the flow of being the number one guy there. And that takes time. But it's good to see it because you want to see your players grow and blossom and, 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 and mature into something great. And that's what Russell has done. He has more than grown his game he has matured and so Lakers fan you could say we should have Randall which I believe you should because if you all did make a mistake there is where it lies getting rid of Randall not Russell but you can you can opine that Russell was let go too soon but Russell was let go one for the right reasons and two right on time because for the Lakers to advance where they needed to go unfortunately he needed to go And sometimes leaving the situation is not necessarily a bad thing. And then when you see them prosper, you can't have the ex-girlfriend slash ex-boyfriend syndrome where you say, oh my gosh, man, that could be me. Because I'm hearing a lot of Lakers fans have that. That could be us. No, that was never going to be you. This young man had to grow, blossom. He had to mature into being what he is now as a net. He wasn't going to be that as a Laker. And that's not that's not an insult to the organization. That's just a testament to him. It's a testament to him as a young man. And that's a statement on him as a young man. He just wasn't going to blossom that way. It just wasn't in the cards for him to blossom that way. But it is in the cards for him to be a net to blossom in the way he has. 
appreciate the talent that we're seeing that's growing right before our eyes and not lament on the fact that he is playing for the Nets and not the Lakers. But you can't lament anymore on it because, well, the Nets look like they're about playoff bound. Whereas the Lakers, they have to watch the playoffs from home for another season. Oh, well. But congratulations to D'Angelo, though. He's showing you that you can prosper. You can learn from your mistakes and you can become better than you were before. And show that you can be a prosperous investment for anyone to put their trust in him. So thank you for that lesson, D'Angelo. You deserve all the props and I hope you do well in the upcoming playoff season. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far, the subscribe button is flashing like a neon sign. Click it and you will subscribe to Cold Sports with a Z dot com. Now, if you want to try out the exclusive content only on Patreon, say it with your chest, you have problems of uh, divorce and you want to get over it. If you want to hear this voice on other commercials or other platforms, you want to hear the past guest experiences I've had, or you just want to simply reach out to me, all you have to do is go to ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. You can contact me at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And there's only three things that I really ask of you. Three. Love your neighbors yourself and love yourself with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and spirit. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program and enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson, and this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.